Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And welcome to episode 190, 139 of the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition on Talk Show. I'm Taylor Phillips along with Louis Tenor. Got a couple uh, games to recap. The Lions uh, win in stunning fashion, and the Red Wings lose another home game in regulation. Plus, uh, a, an article from Jeff Moss of the DSR, the Detroit Sports Rag. Um, Lions. Uh, playing at the new U.S. Bank Stadium today against the Minnesota Vikings. They were going into that game 1-3 and three on the road, 4-4 four and four overall. The Vikings were 5-2. and two. The Lions struck first with uh, a Matt Prater Let me see. I'm going to go to ESPN.com here and look at this. I'll bring it down tomorrow morning. A Matt Prater 47-yard field goal with 7:14 left in the first. Lions led three nothing. Blair Walsh uh, tied it with a 33-yard field goal for Minnesota with 13:20 left till halftime, 3-3. And then with five seconds left, the Lions uh, scored the scored the game's first touchdown. Matthew Stafford passed to Anquan Bolden. To make it ten to three, completing a ten play, a seventeen play, eighty four yard nine nine forty five drive. That that's like those those two drives lasted so long. There were only two drives left in that game. There were only two. There were only two drives in that game. It, two just two drives in a quarter. Imagine if there was one drive in one quarter by just one team. That would that would be like um, the 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 uh, by far the most lopsided quarter in possession time, in time of possession. (laughs) 
But the Lions uh, untied the score with a touchdown pass to Anquan Bowling from Matthew Stafford to make it 10-3. They led 10-3 at halftime. The Vikings uh, appeared to have tied it with a uh, Sam Bradford touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph with 4:02 left in the third quarter, but the Vikings doinked the extra point, so the Lions hung on to their to what what appeared to be a 10-9 lead. They would add to it just 2:27 into the fourth quarter on a Matt Prater 53-yard field goal to make it 13-9 and on just four plays, eight yards, and 108. It would stay that way until 23 seconds left. The Vikings would finally punch it, punch it in on a, on a Rhett Ellenson one-yard touchdown run. He crossed the plane before the ball was knocked loose by the Lions' defense. And the Vikings would take their first lead of the game, 16 to 13. Before that, the, the Vikings turned the ball over on downs. On a fourth and inches play from just inside the five-yard line, they, need, they needed to get to the four, and the Lions made a the Lions made a stand on, on it. But then with 23 seconds left, the Vikings would score. So the Lions had no timeouts left and 23 seconds left. They started on their own 23-yard line. They um, Matthew Stafford got a block from Tyron Walker. And he would complete a pass to um, Andre Roberts at the Minnesota 40-yard line. The Lions would spike the clock with two seconds left. Just set up a 58-yard field goal attempt by Matt Prater, and he devoured it. He he split it through the uprights and well over the bar. That was his longest ever as a Lion. His career longest in the NFL was 65 yards when the Denver Broncos. This would tie the game at 16 as time expired, so it would have to take overtime to determine a winner. The Lions won the coin toss they elected to receive, which was a good decision because it 
the Lions uh, managed to uh, to, to score a touchdown to win the game. But here's how the drive went. Stafford to, to, to Golden Tate from from the Lions' own 13-yard line to the 20 to their 21 for an eight-yard gain, which would bring up second and two. Theo Riddick would, was tackled back for a one-yard loss. Matthew Stafford would pass to Eric Ebron at the Lions' own 43 for a first down and a big 23 yards. Then Stafford would throw an incomplete pass intended for Theo Riddick. And then he would uh, throw a short pass to Ebron for just two yards, setting up a third and eight. And then Stafford with a short pass, pass short right to Golden Tate. And Tate made made a whole lot of, made plenty of it with with a 12-yard run up after that catch to, to keep the Lions' drive alive to the Minnesota 43-yard line. And then theoretic on a left and around for a five-yard gain to the, to the Viking 38. And then Matthew Stafford took a sack Back at the 43, forcing a third and 10. Griffin with that sack. Um, and then Stafford would uh, throw an incomplete pass, but but hang on. That was a... Hang on a minute. That was a a pass interference call against Rhodes of, of the Vikings. And, and the uh, Lions were uh, given a, an automatic first down with 15 yards on a 15-yard penalty. giving them a fresh set of downs. So first and 10 for the Lions with the Viking 30. Theo Riddick off left guard for a four-yard run, setting up a second and six. And then Theo Riddick again, tackled back for, two yard, for a two-yard loss by Barr and and Stefan. And then finally, Stafford threw to Golden Tate at the 15-yard line. He appeared to have uh, at the edge of the inbounds area, right near the side, right near the far left sideline. And Golden Tate stayed inbounds and broke two tackles and then Somersault jumped his way over a third tackle at the goal line and uh, fell into the end zone for the game-winning 28-yard touchdown 
for the Detroit Lions as they come away victorious 22-16. to The touchdown had to be reviewed just to make sure it counted, but it sure as hell stood. So the Lions come away with, with a 22-16 victory in overtime. at U.S. Bank Stadium in their first appearance in that building against the Minnesota Vikings. They are they are now 1-0 and in that new building, that new premise. They have the bye week coming up before turning home two weeks from now at home against the 2-6 and Jacksonville Jaguars. The Lions improved to 5-4 and their win. The Vikings dropped to 5-3 and and 3-1 and at home. In the first three Vikings home games went into overtime. The Vikings won all three. The fourth one went into overtime as well, but the Vikings lost. The Lions were the ones, were the team to beat them. The Lions came back and stunned the Minnesota Vikings from out of nowhere. We thought that with uh, when the Lions were down, that fell behind with 23 seconds left, there was almost a shadow. There was almost no shadow of a doubt that the Lions were going to lose. But out of nowhere, they won. Despite any mistake that head coach Jim Caldwell made, the Lions uh, were very resilient, and they got the job done. But seriously, I, I, I never thought they would be that resilient. You have to be more desperate than desperate to come away with a comeback victory like that. Well, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. Now let's go to the Red Wings and Oilers here from the Joe Louis Arena. Oilers win 2-1 in regulation. Justin Applicator scored first for the for the Detroit Red Wings. From Tomas Tatar. I mean, not Tomas Tatar, but Brennan Smith and Franz Nielsen at 8.53. Then Tyler, then Tyler Pitlick from Milan Lucic and And Drace Siddle at 1639. And then, and, then, and then in the second period, 
Ryan Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the power play from Connor McDavid and Oscar Fletborn at 19:40 into the second period on the power play, putting the Oilers up two to one, and that's exactly how it would stand. Uh, the go to the go to the get back game was uh, Brendan Smith. He uh, he accidentally. He deflected uh, a goal into his own net past Jimmy Howard. And then he played poor defense on the power play when Nugent Hopkins scored to give the Oilers that 2-1 lead. Um, Brendan Smith, um, was just ugly all over the place that uh, he should that that uh, he saw too much ice time he um and he was he was just playing terrible and and that cost the red wings smith um uh, Finished with a minus seven in five-on-five shots plus minus. The worst on the team. Gustav Nyquist finished with a plus six in in plus-minus shots, five-on-five. The best. According to Prashant Iyer of Winging In and Motown on Twitter at Iyer underscore Prashant. But uh, the Oilers uh, apparently were leading the, the Pacific Division a week ago. They were seven two and up. About a week ago, they were seven two and zero. And uh, let's let's see where they are right now on NHL.com. Yeah, 
Yeah, but yeah, the Oilers lead the Pacific Division with 19 points, a 9-3-1 record, seven points ahead of the San Jose Sharks, Anaheim Ducks, and Los Angeles Kings. The Calgary Flames have 11. The Red Wings, however, have fallen into a tie for fourth place in the Atlantic Division with the Toronto Maple Leafs at 13 points apiece. Still ahead of the the Buffalo Sabres and Boston Bruins at 12 points apiece, a tie for sixth place, but behind the Ottawa Senators, who are in third place at 14 points, the Lightning 15 and the Canadians 21, the Florida Panthers in eighth place, eighth and last place in the Atlantic Division, except they have 11. That is a very tight division. But Jeff Moss on Twitter at Jeff Moss DSR, the owner, founder, and editor in chief of the Detroit Sports Rag, tweeted out The Red Wings are not better. Are, yeah, you heard right. The Red Wings are not better than the Toronto Maple, the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Buffalo Sabres. He tweeted, another home loss, very good chance this team is going to finish in last place in their division, which is the Atlantic division. They aren't better than Toronto or Buffalo. He quoted Todd Faber's tweet, and said, not only are they bad, but they are also as boring as listening to Jamie Samuelson speak on 97 won the ticket in Detroit. Prashant Iyer also tweeted out, the Wings finished the game with a five-on-five score adjusted Corsi for percentage of Please follow those guys. One game in action tomorrow night, the Pistons at Clippers at 1030, and then I'll take the post-game edition solo afterwards. Um... Also got Monday Night Football at 8.30 on ESPN tomorrow night. But um, I, wanted to, I wanted to read an article on um, 
Chris Illich hiring a speechwriter to pen his Mike Illich eulogy. But first I'll pass it on to Lewis Tenor. He's got the NFL standings and scores plus NHL scores and standings and even NBA scores and standings and headlines as well. Take Take it away, Lewis. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Okay, and away we go. I'll start with the NFL since it is Sunday, so why not? Right now, the Raiders are leading the Broncos 13 to nothing with uh, 11.53 to go in the second quarter. Uh, right now, Derek Carr has 108 passing yards. Levantis Murray has already 32 rushing yards on eight carries and one touchdown, and Amari Cooper has 38 receiving yards. Now where we go is do as I can scroll down here. Ah, all the rest are finals. The Ravens uh, hang on to beat the Steelers 21-14. Roethlisberger, not a bad day. 264 passing yards on 23 over 45 carries and one touchdown. Levon Bell had 32 rushing yards on 14 carries. And Mike Wallace had 124 receiving yards and one touchdown. Cowboys had an easy time with the Browns today. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Dak Prescott, 35-10. Dak Prescott had 247 passing yards and three touchdowns on 21 for 27 carries. Ezekiel Elliott, 18 carries on 92 yards and two touchdowns. And Jason Witten had 134 receiving yards and one touchdown. The Jaguar, uh, the Chiefs over the Jaguars, 19 to 14. Blake Bortles had 252 passing yards on 24, uh, 22, uh, 41 carries and two touchdowns. Chris Ivory had 18 carries, 107 yards, and Marquise Lee had 84 receiving yards. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergy season again. All right. Um, in a competitive game. The Dolphins beat the Giant, the Jets, twenty-seven to twenty-three. Uh, before uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was injured today, he had one hundred ninety-three passing yards on seventeen for twenty-eight plays and one touchdown. J. A. J. Uh, a. I. had one hundred eleven rushing yards on twenty-four carries and one touchdown. And Jalen Marshall had sixty-nine receiving yards and one touchdown. In a in the turnpike battle, which is what we call it here, the Giants beat the Eagles 28-23. Carson Wentz had 364 passing yards on 27-47 carries and two interceptions. Darren Sporles had 13 carries and 57 yards, and Zach Ertz had 97 receiving yards. Um, as we mentioned, your Lions over the Vikings 22-16 overtime. Sam Bradford had 273 passing yards and one touchdown. Theo Reddick had 70 carries, uh, 70 yards on 14 carries. And Eric Ebron had 92 receiving yards. Matthew Stafford, 23 of 36 for 219 yards, two, intercep- two touchdowns, and one interception. Eric Ebron, seven receptions and 92 yards. Yes. All right, um, close one here today. The Panthers over the Rams, 13-10. to 10. Casey Keenum had 
296 passing yards and one touchdown. Todd Gurley, 12 carries for 48 rushing yards, and Lance Kendricks had 90 receiving yards. Uh, the Saints uh, over the 49ers, 41-23. Kaepernick, though, had a decent day, 300, 398 passing yards and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram had 158 rushing yards on 15 carries and one touchdown. And Quinton Patton, uh, okay, yeah, there we go, had 106 receiving yards. I think my computer just changed on me for a second. Uh Chargers had a clash with the Titans and won it uh, by a score of 43-35. Marcus Mariota had 313 passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Melvin Gordon rushed for 32 carries, 196 yards and one touchdown. And Antonio Gates had 75 receiving yards and one touchdown. The Colts just barely beat the Packers 31-26. Aaron Rodgers had a beautiful day in his neighborhood. Uh, 297 passing yards and three touchdowns. Frank Gore, 19 carries, 60 yards and two touchdowns. And Jordy Nelson had 94 receiving yards and one touchdown. All right, now we'll go to the standings and see where we uh, stack up here. Uh, second one. Oh. Here we go. That's better. All right, and the thing is going like this. In the AFC East, the Patriots are 7-1-0. and The Dolphins, 4-4-0, and as well as the Bills. Um, the Bills will play tomorrow night. The And the hapless Jets are 3-6-0, and counting today's game. Uh, and it looks to be the biggest joke this year in all divisions. Well, it goes like this. Baltimore is no better than four and four, along with the Steelers, who are also four and four. The Bengals, three, four and one, and the Browns are of course the Browns at O and nine and are already out of playoff contention. Oh, what a surprise. To the south we go. Houston is five and three. The Colts are four and five. The Titans are four and five, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are two and six. Uh, we got a bit of a logjam here in the AFC West as the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos are all tied at six and two. Uh, Denver's playing right now, so that will be bound to change at the conclusion of this game. Oop! Denver just scored a touchdown, so uh, yeah. Hey, it's now thirteen six. Uh, pending extra point, of course. Uh, just hang on a second and see if he's going to make it. Yeah, yeah, that was a flop, wasn't it? It's good. Oh, that's right. My, my, uh, mine's delayed by about uh, seven seconds. And the Chargers, well, slightly under 500, but a respectable four and five. All right, now over to the National League Conference. And the Dallas Cowboys are hot, seven and one. And lead the division by two over the Giants, which are five and three. The Redskins are four, three, and one. And the Eagles are now last at four and four. Hmm, how the tables have turned. Uh, to the Central Division now, the Vikings are five and three. Your Lions are five and four. The Packers dropped to four and four. 
and the and the uh, Bears are two and six. To my brother, I'm sorry. To the South, the Falcons are six and three. The Saints are four and four, and the Buccaneers and Panthers are tied at three and five. <clears throat> and last but not least, the West, Seattle is four two and one. Arizona is three four and one. The Rams are at three five and zero, and the Forty Niners dead last at one seven and zero. Okay, now we'll go over to the um, we'll go over to NBA. Um, with fifty eight seconds left to go in overtime, it looks like the Bull uh, the Mavericks are going to beat the Bucks eighty four to seventy five, although it's not official. Uh, at this point, Greg Monroe has fourteen points, eleven rebounds, and one assist. And Harrison Barnes has 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists in this game. Um, but, of course, we still got some time left. Uh, other games of progress. The Nuggets are leading the Celtics now 112-91. to Emmanuel Mud, uh, Mudley, 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. And Isaiah Thomas, 30 points, 5 assists, and 1 rebound. No, not that Isaiah Thomas, people. It's a different one. I know what they were thinking. Okay. Um, Jazz beat the Knicks today, 114-109. George Hill comes away with 23 points, 9 assists, and 2 rebounds. And Carmelo Anthony had 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Not bad for a loss. Um, Trailblazers of the Grizzlies, 100-94. C.J. McCollum, 37 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. And Mike Conley had... 16 points, 7 assists, and 4 rebounds. <clears throat> uh, the Kings over the Raptors, 96-91. DeMarcus Cousins, not your cousin, not my cousin, but no, no. Uh, 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 assists. And Kyle Lowry had 15 points, 10 assists, and 4 rebounds. Uh, in a game that's just already underway, the Suns are going to take on the Lakers. That game is just about ready to tip off. Uh, now over to the standings, we'll go here, and it goes like this. All right. Cleveland is 6-0. Uh, and oh. Charlotte is 4-1, and one, a game and a half back. The Raptors, Pistons, and Hawks are 4-4. Oh, we got a log jam here. Wow. There are four teams right now at four and two: the Raptors, the Pistons, the Hawks, and the Bucks. All two games back, and are all at four and two. Now the Celtics are three and two, two and a half back. The Bulls are three back at three and three, along with the Pacers and and the Magic. The Heat are so the Heat are two and three, three and a half back. Knicks are two and four, four back. The Nets are also four back at two and four. Washington is one and four at four and a half back. And of course, the hapless Sixers are 0 and five, five and a half out. They have not won a game yet this season. Hmm. I think I've heard this one before. Now to the West. Oklahoma City and the Clippers are tied at five and one. Right behind them is the Spurs at five and two, a half game back. Warriors are Four and two, only a game back. 
the Warrior, the Blazers and Jazz are one and a half back at four and three, and at three and three, the Lakers and Rockets are two back. Hmm, but Mike D'Antoni seems to be doing doing something better this year, even though he doesn't belong coaching the NBA. Trust me, he doesn't. Grizzlies are three and four, two and a half back. Denver is two is two and a half back at two and three. The Kings are three and a half back at three and five. Uh, the Suns are two and two and four at three back. The Timberwolves are one and four at three and a half back, and the winless Mavericks are zero and five at four and a half back, and the Pelicans also winless at zero and six and five back. All right, now to the NHL. Um. You know, I'm going to update this because it's a little bit, it's a little bit behind, so just bear with me for a second here. Okay, there we go. Uh, right now, the Blues are leading, I know, uh, sorry, the Blackhawks are leading the Stars 3-2 uh, to two with 5.53 to go in the third period. Uh, the Flames and the Ducks are just already underway. Uh, your, uh, the Oilers beat the Red Wings 2-1. And Connor McDavid yes. was the hero in that game. And Brendan Smith was the, was the coach. Yeah, really bad idea. Oh no. Uh, Blues over the had an, had an avalanche of their own with the Avalanche. Uh, that was five to one. Uh, the Devils over the Hurricanes, four to one. Caminetti uh, got a, got the hat trick at four to one, being the Hurricanes. That'll make uh, my girlfriend very happy. And Rangers cooled off the Winnipeg Jets five to two. Uh, no highlights in that game though. Hmm. How interesting. Sad, but interesting. All right. So we'll go to the standings here. Okay. In the Atlantic Division, Montreal is ten one and one at twenty one points. The uh, Lightning is 7-4-1 at 15 points. Ottawa, 7-4-0 at 14 points. Toronto is 5-4-3 at 13 points. Detroit is 6-6-1, 13 points. Sabres are 5-4-2 at 12 points. Boston is 6-5-0 at 12 points. And the Florida Panthers are 5-6-1 at 11 points. Over we go now. Okay, here we go. The Rangers are 10-3 and three at 20 points. Uh, not counting tonight's win because there's still time left. Pittsburgh, 8-2-2, two two, 18 points. Washington is 17 points with also 8-2-1. Devils, 5-3-3, three three, 13 points. Philadelphia, 6-6-1, six, six 13 points. Columbus is five three and two at twelve points. Islanders four six and two at ten points. Carolina is three five and three at nine points. And we have another touchdown here as Oakland now leads the Broncos thirteen to seven and a missed and I believe a missed extra point. And it uh, is field goal. Oh, field goal. To the center yeah. of the division now. 
Blackhawks are 8-3-1 at 17 points. The Blues are 7-4-2 at 16 points. The Wild are 13 points at 6-4-1. Winnipeg, 5-7-1 at 11 points. Colorado, 5-6-0 at 10 points. Dallas, 4-5-2 at 10 points. And Nashville is 3-5-3 at 9 points. Last but not least, Edmonton and out of the Pacific. The Edmonton Oilers, 9-3-1 at 19 points. San Jose, 6-6-0 at 12 points. Anaheim, 5-5-2 at 12 points. The Kings, 6-6-0 at 12 points. Calgary, 5-7-1 at 11 points. Vancouver is 4-6-2 at 10 points. And Arizona is 4-7-0 with 8 points. Um, um, where we go here, because uh, I also have some... Oh, I also forgot that uh, Sacramento uh, had beaten the Raptors 96-91. to I'll just get a scoring summary on that here. Oops, I better go back to um, yeah, go back to the page here. That would help. Six ninety-one. Oh, okay, there we go. That game just ended just a few seconds ago. Oh, and Nuggets are now up on Celtics one sixteen and ninety-three. Ooh. Anything, anything the Celtics could lose, that's a victory for me. Uh, all right, here it is. Okay, that's a final, but the uh, stats haven't changed. And it's a final now with the Mavericks and the Bucks. 86 Mavericks, the Bucks 75. Uh, final statistics here. Greg, Mon- Greg Montrone, 14 points, 12 rebounds, 1 assist. Harrison Barnes, 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. I have some um, MLS soccer, if anybody's interested, because we're in, now in the playoffs in that sport. And if you think if you think hockey and basketball have long playoff uh, seasons, uh, brother, you haven't seen anything yet. Uh, right now, the Colorado Rapids uh, beat the LA Galaxy three to one, and they win on goal um, by goal differential three to one. Uh, the Impact beat uh, the Red Bulls 2-1, to one, ending their season. Thanks a lot. And Toronto just beat up NYFC, the upstarts, 5 to nothing. And a game in progress right now, Seattle and Dallas are scoreless at 15 minutes into the game. All right, now for today's headlines. As soon as I get the page down here. All right. Uh, first off, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs' Travis Cleese was injected after complaining to officials for not calling a pass interference penalty and throwing it and throwing in the towel. He was hit with two personal fouls, and yes, folks, he did throw in the towel. Oh, that's bad. Uh, I know, I know. I've been, I've, been, I've been working that joke all day. Anywho. Uh, Dale Earnhardt was, Jr. was pulled over for speeding on his way to a NASCAR event race. Uh, he hasn't raced since he suffered a concussion over this past summer. 
Cincinnati Bearcats defend athletic director Tommy Kerville's um, uh, rant yesterday, saying that he was in a no-win situation after being heckled by a fan, so he gets into a shouting match, but Cincinnati still does defend uh, his actions. Yeah, we're saying, oh, why not uh, saying, oh, why don't you get a job or something? Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of inje- of ejections, there was uh, two ejections today at the Browns Cowboys game between uh, Cam Irving and David Irving. Hmm. Irving and Irving. I think that's a law firm in New York. No. Oh. Anyway. Oh boy. Both were ejected from a scuffle involving an incompletion by. Browns quarterback Cody Kessler, Ewing, uh, Irving, ripped off the helmet of Irving, and that's what the replay had showed, and then threw it at Irving, then then retaliated, and both were penalized. Redskins cornerback was fined $25,000. Josh Norman was fined $25,000 for criticizing an official uh, in that infamous tie game last week, uh, he was called for illegal use of the hands four times, as well as a called interference while defending A.J. Green. Now, normally, players are not penalized for criticizing officials. I mean, that's what's going on, you know, as old as uh, football itself. However, since he was singling out one official in particular, that's how he was fined, and it was Brad Freeman. Um, the New York City Marathon took place this morning in New York, and that's a personal thing with me because I actually did ran two of them in my younger years. No joke. Um, you know, I can't pronounce the, guy, the the name of the men's marathon winner, but he had a time of a uh, 2:07 and change. Um, the women's um, winner, Mary Kentley, won the women's division for the third straight year, the first time since Greta Welts won five straight years, and I actually did meet Greta back in 1992 when I did my first marathon. And that was quite an honor. I believe, though, the um, mailer was from Kenya. I can't pronounce it to save my life. All right. Um, so anyway, look, it was a 26.2-mile race, and it is, it is grueling. Ugh. Uh, here's something interesting. Floyd May- uh, Mayweather um, was in the crowd last night at the Manny Pacquiao uh, Jesse Vargas fight. Um, Pac Man Pacquiao won a unanimous decision, hands down, reclaiming the welterweight title. But the scorecards here were a little bit or um, a little bit interesting here. Two judges scored at one eighteen one oh nine, but the third judge, and here's the mystery for it. Scored it 114-113. I guess the third judge might have saw something that the other two judges didn't. Either that or the scoring system is a little weird. Uh, Pacers for Paul George uh, had a bit of misfortune and an incident happened last night as he kicked the ball into the stands and wound up hitting a fan in the face. Uh, it was not intentional. So before you start thinking, oh, he had a fight with somebody in the crowd and he tried to lash out, no. That was just a poor, unfortunate 
freak accident and later apologized, and hopefully that we can now put that to rest. It happens sometimes. Uh, right now, let's see. Uh, college games that ended last night as we uh, left the air. Almost no contest here. Washington beat up California 66-27. to oh, oh, boy. And for the worst game of the year, and probably the worst game of the decade by Big 12 standards, Ohio State just killed Nebraska 62-3. to Oh, brother. Worst game I've ever seen. Denver Broncos quarterback, K-Ron, yeah, K-Ron Webster, uh, ruled out against the Raiders after suffering a pull hamstring in last week's game against the Chargers. Akib Talib took a cortisone shot in his lower back and is still out today. Pelicans guard Lance Stevenson is out indefinitely and will undergo surgery for what could possibly be the worst injury for a guy going for his groin. That was confirmed by an MRI. Yeah. Just the thought of that makes me sick. Uh, oh, a few other late night scores from last night here: USC over Oregon, forty-five to twenty. San Diego State University says aloha to Hawaii with a fifty-five to nothing good old-fashioned thrashing. Uh, Bama was over LSU. Ten to nothing in a defensive in a defensive battle. Very surprised. Penn State over Iowa, forty-one fourteen, and OK State over Kansas State, forty-five thirty-seven. I may even do a top twenty uh, college football uh, list since the rankings are out today because I think we got a, got a few good surprises. Uh, just a, okay, that gets us to speed with that. Now I'm just going to check the top 25 college scores since we got some movers and shakers. And the next round for the rankings for the playoffs are going to be on Tuesday. Hmm. Election night, no less. How about that? All right. So we're going to go to the college football scores here. Uh, rankings, pardon me. And this is according to the Associated Press. I do not trust the coaches poll. All right. And I'm gonna I'm going to count down. If nobody minds here, starting with uh, number twenty, Florida State is now six and three. LSU is five and three at number nineteen. Virginia Tech is at seven and two at eighteen. Oklahoma State seven and two. Colorado seven and two. North Carolina seven and two. Well, we got a large down here. Western Michigan is at nine and two. And 14th ranked, Utah is 13th at seven and two. Penn State moves up, number 12 at seven and two. They've made it. They've made a case. West Virginia, seven and one at number 11. The top 10 go like this: Texas A&M, seven and two, along with Oklahoma, Auburn, and Wisconsin, ranked nine through seven respectively. Uh, now we're we going to number six here. Ohio State is eight and one. Number six, number five is Louisville at eight and one. Washington, okay. Now this is now this looks more like it's more making sense here. At number four is Washington at nine and zero. Clemson is number three at nine and zero. Michigan nine and zero at number two, and of course number one once again is Alabama. So now, now it looks like more is making sense because last week 
It did not make sense when Washington was put at number five with no losses and Texas A&M was number four with one loss. So now it makes now it makes more perfect sense. Now it feels more more balanced, which is more I'm going to say for last week. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that takes care of everything that we need to know, and it's all yours. All right. Now, Jeff Moss has published today an article and headlines. Chris Illich has hired speechwriter to pen his Mike Illich eulogy. That was published just today. A couple weeks ago when it became clear that current Detroit Tigers owner Chris Illich had ordered his manager, his general manager, Al Avila, to slash payroll to further line the family's coffers approaching $6 billion, Jeff Moss mentioned that when austerity programs started, Jeff Moss would, would strike back. Well, earlier this week, that teardown began with the asinine trade of Cameron Maben to the Angels for reliever pro- project or prospect, if you will, Victor Alcantara, so Moss's retribution commences today. And before he gets to Chris and the rest of his dysfunctional family, let's let's discuss the Tigers' trade of their only viable contender, viable center fielder, rather, on the roster, and let's and let's stop this asinine narrative that the Tigers are looking to get younger and leaner. No, they are positioning themselves to be cheaper, so they will have fewer salary commitments when Chris eventually puts the team on the market after his father dies. So the Tigers are not really getting younger and leaner, like I said over ten times. So I was wrong the whole time. So that's my bad. Maven, continuing on, was scheduled to to make nine million in 2017. That's next year. And considering most saber matricians will tell you that one win above repla- win above replacement is conservatively worth seven million dollars. Maven definitely earned his keep. This past season, this calendar year, when he posted a, an F WAR of 2.0, even with all his, even with all of his injury issues, it was a no-brainer baseball-wise to pick up Maven's option. But because of Chris Illich's instance, insistence on slashing the payroll, we are now left with internal options of Jacoby Jones, Tyler Collins, and Anthony Ghost in center field. They are all bad choices based on various factors. One isn't ready for MLB, that's Jacoby Jones. Another is not a center filler and he can't hit for shit, that's Tyler Collins. And the last option is a team cancer who started the season in Detroit, ended it in AA, and was considered too toxic for a September call-up, that's Anthony Ghost. And and the Raiders just scored a touchdown here. Murray, DeMarco Murray, that is. Oh, yeah.
a one-yard score up the middle or off left guard, if you will. But nobody was nobody is going to confuse Maven for Willie Mays, but he had a very good season in 2016, and the Tigers were a much better team with him in the lineup. For one year at $9 million, Maven was a very good value. In return for Maven, the Tigers received a relief pitcher who lost three miles off his fastball in 2016 and who also has a monumental also has has monumental control issues. The Tigers are trying to sell that the Tigers are trying to sell you that he is a quality prospect with a great arm, yet he only struck out 6.41 per nine inning last year while walking 4.62 per nine. This was a salary dump, pure and simple, with the biggest bonus for the Tigers being that they didn't have to spend $1 million to buy out Maven, so they traded him for a poor man's Al Albuquerque instead. Which leads Moss to this article where he promised to publish Illich Family Dirty Laundry once this unnecessary, this unnecessary purge began. There is absolutely no reason this should be occurring. The Tigers were a couple of tweaks away from containing it in 2017, and now we are stuck waiting for the next shoe to drop. If Chris Illich doesn't want to own the Tigers, just sell the goddamn team or take it on the chin until the old man passes and keep Mike's salary structure in place. From what I, from what Moss has been told by his Little Caesars Olympia Entertainment Foxtown spies, Mike Illich's condition is extremely grave. How bad is it? Chris Illich already has a team at Fox headquarters working on funeral arrangements. Oh, that, that, that's terrible. That is, that's Chris, has, Chris has, yeah, Chris has even gone as, as far to hire someone to write the eulogy he is going to give for his father. Yes, you read that correctly. Instead of penning his own father's eulogy, he has outsourced to that someone else. Who the fuck does that? Moss has been told by several Illich family subordinates that Chris Illich is a fucking robot, but Moss is sure even Dolores Abernathy of Westworld could have written a fine tribute to her dad, Peter. Who Who hires someone to write their dad's eulogy? At this point, you yeah. may be asking yourself, you might be asking yourself how someone took over his father's empire be so, be so pathetic that he, he, that he needed assistance in writing a tribute to the, to the man at his funeral. Well, what other family was going to take over the Little Caesars empire? Mike Illich Jr.? <laughs> the moron who was once arrested for possession of crack cocaine and whose financial claim to fame was the film adaptation of the TV show Lost in Space. Oh, Oh, man, I know. Which was an absolute boondoggle. 
<laughs> a waste of uh, cinema, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's even more. More? Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Junior was a producer for that abomination on celluloid, uh. which was nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Remake of 1998. Only one? Oh. <laughs> what? Only one? Yeah. Yeah. All I can say about one thing about that. Which came, which came only a year after the, the drug arrest, providing, uh, proving Whitney Houston's old adage that crack is indeed whack. Or how about Ronald Illich? Well, unfortunately, this Illich offspring also had a taste for Nino Brown's product, and he was arrested on cocaine charges in 2014. Ronnie Boy had the added bonus of getting caught caught with a hooker. Nor wow. was the first well, I know. Nor was this the first time Ron ran afoul of the law. In two thousand four he was arraigned and charged with two counts of domestic violence. I'm sure there are a lot of qualities Mike Senior was looking for in an in an heir to her, to his business empire, cocaine use, hanging out with prostitutes, and allegedly beating up an ex-girlfriend probably weren't chief among them. No. Oh, my goodness. And then you had the daughter of Mike and Marion Ellis banished from the Fox building when they played their own game of Sophie's Choice and chose Chris over Denise Illich. Of course, Denise had past experience with both the Wings and Tigers herself. If you want to count allegedly being present at the Detroit-Windsor border when former pugilist winger Bob Probert was arrested for cocaine possession. Mm. See a recurring theme here? This is from the New York Times account back in 1989 when Proby got pinched. Probert, who who lives in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, was with two women and a man in a car. Hogland said the play said the player was driving. Quote. Uh, Hogland said, "Quote. When inspectors first examined examined the vehicle, they determined that Probert's immigration document had expired and observed empty beer and liquor containers. Unquote. A search of the car." turned up two tablets suspected to be amphetamines, so customs agents searched the occupants, Hogland said. They said they found drug paraphernalia in Probert's pocket and cocaine in his underwear. Oh, my God. Underwear. (laughs) Cocaine inside. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, oh, God. I just did an hour ago. Uh, Stay away from that, please. Yes. For your own good, boys and girls. Yeah. And Denver just scored a field goal at two. No, wait a minute. Denver, wait a minute. Denver called a timeout. Wait, Oakland called a timeout, rather. Mm-hmm. The uprights were split, but um, the timeout was called before Brandon Mc, Mc, McManus 
would kick it in. The rumor is that the other man in the car was teammate Adam Oates, and one of the women was Denise, and that pair had some sort of relationship. When the future Hall of Famer Oates was... Yeah. When the future Hall of Famer Oates was inexplicably dealt to St. Louis, the Blues, along with Paul McLean, and McManus's field goal is good. A 55-yarder. Wow. wow. 20 to 10 Raiders at the half. When the future Hall of Famer Oates was inexplicably dealt to the Blues along with Paul McLean for old farts. Bernie, for old veterans, Bernie Federko and Tony McKegney, the whispers persisted that, that that this was not a hockey move, but related to the owner's daughter sleeping with a star center. The trade that trade was the worst in Detroit sports history, but it wasn't Denise's only foray into her dad's sports operations. When she was still involved with the Tigers, she and she and her lackey, Jim, Jim Stapleton, who at the time was senior vice president of business affairs, would attempt to micromanage the media because they didn't like the critical coverage of the team. Keep in mind this was during the 2003 season when her family's franchise lost 119 games, the Tigers, and was one loss away from being the worst team in baseball history. Almost as bad as the '62 Mets. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. thought that re- I didn't think that record could ever be broken. Ugh. I know. Still, Denise didn't like the coverage that the coverage the team was getting at their flagship station, WXYT AM 1270. So she orchestrated the removal of then program director Greg, Greg Henson from the channel. I'm not sure how Denise thought 1270 was supposed to spin a 265 win percentage, but Henson ended up getting transferred to 97-1 due to Denise's bitterness. Her biggest transgression to the family, though, might have been declaring herself a Democrat when she ran for University of Michigan regent back in 2008, which which didn't sit well with Mike and Marion. Moss has been told by his Olympia Entertainment moles that they are staunch Republicans. Not Democrats, Republicans. And by the way, De- Denise is up for re-election on Tuesday, so if you want to go, if you want to give a big fuck Big fuck you to the Illich family. Go ahead and vote for someone else. Okay. In fact, the D- oh yeah. In fact, the DSR is officially endorsing Lawrence B. Deitch and Latham Redding. You get to you get to vote for two candidates. And then there is Denise's youngest sister, who might have committed the greatest sin in all the eyes of all the eye of all in the eyes. The greatest sin of all in the eyes of Mike. She married a Jewish guy, which didn't go over well with the patriarch of the family at all, according to Moss's sources. The marriage of Carol Illich and David Trepek ended in a he shed 
in a he-said-she-said divorce firestorm that included accusations of anti-Semitism, domestic violence, overbearing Illich family influence, and sour business deals. The other two children, Atanas and Lisa, Atanas and Lisa, Lisa were, were never real threats to Chris's power play inside the family structure. So as Mike's final days are, are counted down, we are left with Chris decimating the Detroit Tigers because, according to Moss's sources, he can't sell them while Mike is still alive. And who is Chris Illich? The, well, the picture Moss received from subordinates and former employees is of an insecure, thin-skinned man who can't take a piss without conferring with this circle of yes-men who, who are despised who is despised by a majority of his siblings and who has very few friends. Supposedly, only two of the sisters even speak to Chris, and that's because of their role with the family business. Not that the family hasn't always been a mess, and maybe when Chris Illich oversees the trade of my favorite tiger, J.D., of Moss's favorite tiger, J.D. Martinez, the right fielder, I will unload the dossier, which includes the multiple tips that... Uh, Moss will unload the dossier, which is inclu- which includes the multiple tips Moss's the tips he's re- he has received over the years from folks at family weddings telling him about Mike Sen- Mike Senior Illich Mike Illich getting ossified drunk in front of strangers and ugly arguments between him and Marion. Or if you have a tip about the Illich family you'd like to share, let Moss buy you lunch. Email him at DetroitSportsRagGmail.com. Maybe he can discuss with you the Wayne State University Mike Illich School of Business debacle or how, how the family took over the over $250 million in public funds to build Little Caesars Arena with a caveat that over 50% of the workers had to live in Detroit and how they have failed to comply, resulting in a $500,000 fine due to, uh, yeah, because uh, over 50% of the workers who had to live in Detroit didn't really fail. They, they actually refused to, and that's even worse than failing. They refused to even try to help out in this Little Caesars arena and building the Little Caesars arena. That's real fucking classy to to all those Detroit triflers. Meanwhile, Moss is is going to stay on Chris Illich's ass until he sells the Tigers because this is is the message he's giving fans of the team direct from his new center fielder with a with a 2016 F war of .1, Tyler Collins, with his middle finger. Mm. Just sell the... And message to Chris Illich, just sell the team, asshole, and write your own father's freaking eulogy, you goddamn robot. So that's the end of that. Holy mackerel. Message sent exclamation point. This is an article I wanted to read out loud. 
and now I'm going to share it on social media. So anything else? So uh, Pistons at Slippers tomorrow night at 10.30. Anything else before we sign off? Yeah, I just came across something here um, from for uh, college football. Um, Old Miss uh, quarterback Chad Kelly's uh, college career has supposedly come to an end. The school announced today that the senior suffered a torn ACL and torn lateral meniscus in his right knee during the 37-27 win last night over Georgia Southern. Hmm. Kelly, uh, and his, I think you know who his uncle is. Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly. How about that? Um, a few uh, notes, a few other finals have just gone final. Rangers over the Jets, 5-2. And the Blackhawks over the Dallas Stars, 4-3 in overtime. And it's now a final here. The Nuggets over the Celtics, 123-107. to And that's, uh, that's all I got. All right. Uh, post-game edition tomorrow night, late night after the Pistons game. I'll go solo. Um, apparently... Uh, Apparently, I'm going to have to check on uh, on on the uh, on this week's uh, schedule right about now. The um, when I'll let you when I'll let you back on the air. Oh, I've been check- I've been checking the schedule actually. Uh, I checked some of it last night. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, um, Wednesday, I think, uh, Detroit, the um, Pistons play the Jazz, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I was checking on the Red Wings, too. Oh. Yeah, the, the Red Wings play the Flyers at 7. The Eastern Michigan Eagles play at the Ball State Cardinals at 7 as well. Is that okay. Wednesday? No, no, Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday, Eastern Michigan and the Red Wings. Also, Western Michigan at Kent State at 7.30 on Tuesday. Western Michigan still ranked 23rd. And then the Pistons on Wednesday at, at the Phoenix Suns, not the Utah Jazz. Sorry, the rise of the ashes. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll be back at about uh, at uh, draft. Uh, Tuesday we can uh, we can go we can actually uh, we can actually go at eleven uh, until eleven forty five and then I'll I'll carry the rest from here. All right. But um, I'll go solo tomorrow night on episode one forty of the post game edition. We'll both be back for episode one forty one. Um, on Tuesday night at 11. All right. So, so for Lois Sonora, I'm Taylor Phillips. Uh, 
Till then, TTFN, ta-ta for now. Hi, folks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.